It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Friday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Friday edition. Boone, welcome back. Uh, world traveler since I saw you the last time. Uh, hot Lana, you got that new hat on. And, uh, man, welcome back. Yeah, I wanted to fit in down there. I figured if I had the Atlanta Braves cap on. Well, you, you got the Braves hat that's got the A on it. So, I mean, you could either fit in there or maybe Tuscaloosa. Two for one. It's close. Have you ever seen that shirt that said, I'd rather be lost in Knoxville than found in Tuscaloosa? I like that. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. But, man, it's been a crazy week of sports. Ivy League's canceled their, their schedule. The Big Ten has announced that they're going to play conference only. We'll talk about that here shortly. But, uh, Boone, yesterday – an announcement came down that the NFL has released some game day protocol changes uh, in lieu of, of COVID-19 that is, well, a little less than questionable, uh, a little interesting to say the least, uh, one of which got a lot of play yesterday. No more jersey swaps. You know how big-time players would, would go and swap jerseys with the other team's big-time players just for – for personal, you know, memorabilia and things like that to say, hey, this was a game we battled against each other. Think about the the, the times when they retire, Wayne, also. I mean, they'll, they'll have a little video footage and uh, they're recalling and seeing these things. Players treasure. Players treasure those treasure moments, if you will. Oh, yeah. Well, and they, they're going to hate that. And they respect greatness. You know, I think, I think players in a, in a bigger sense – they just they're just really happy being around great players. You know what I'm saying? They they've been I think the evolution of an NFL player is such that in high school you're like the big deal. Like you're the guy, you're the big man on campus. Then you get to college and there's a lot of big men on campus. Well, then you get to the pros and there's every man's a big man on campus. And so when you're when you're on the field with a, you know, with a future Hall of Famer, when you're on the field with a, a you know, a 2000-yard rusher, when you're on on the field with the the NFL sack leader, you know, go on and on and on. You want a memory of that of that opportunity, uh, and, and you don't necessarily, you know, a picture is good, but a game worn jersey is better, right? A signed game worn jersey. So basically, once they put this out there, uh, it, it was it was like, I don't think uh, fire or, or what is it, lighter fluid on a fire could have been any more explosive because lord the players went nuts everybody was just was just and i think you said it best what did you say they were they were reinventing i i saw some new curse words i've never seen uh, trying to describe the mentality of the way these brains were operating let's uh let's roll out what what came out yesterday the documents obtained by the usa today uh were sent to clubs wednesday evening said notable highlights from the planned response to coronavirus included no one with a body temperature of 100.4 uh, or higher will be allowed in the stadium on game days. The encouraged 
but not always required use of masks on sidelines and the ban of a popular post-game tradition. That's the jersey swap. So bench area individuals. That's officials, chain ball crew, medical staff are required to wear masks, though coaches and players are exempt. However, coaches and players who aren't regularly subbing in or are strongly encouraged to wear masks on the sideline, disposables will be available. Uh, Social distancing, at least six feet between individuals, and no sharing of personal items will be mandated in the bench area. I guess there's not that guy going to be walking around with the same six water bottles handing it to everybody. I guess that won't be happening. Uh, Teams will have until three days before the first preseason game to send the NFL their list of individuals with field access. Those individuals, which will be stadium operations, field crew, league, club game day assistants, club staff, network, and on-field media, must wear face coverings at all time and remain outside of a yellow dotted line, uh, which will run between the 30-yard line and be at least 10 feet behind the bench area. Uh, Any person with that access who responds uh, to a questionnaire suggesting he or she may have COVID-19 or records a temperature above 100.4 will not be allowed to report to the stadium. Additionally, home teams must stay at hotels the night before games and report to stadium via bus. Arrival times between the two teams will be staggered. The protocol also outlines disinfecting uh, the locker rooms and training facilities. Players from the opposing team will not be allowed to be within six feet of each other after the game, meaning jersey exchange shall be prohibited. Um, Some players, uh, like you said, kind of uh, voiced their opinion uh, on social media. Uh, Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, Richard Sherman, etc. Deshaun Watson said, this is blank silly, bro. Uh, as as they release it. Richard Sherman says, this is a perfect example of NFL's thinking in a nutshell. Oh, and it moves on me. He said, players can go engage in full contact game and do it safely. However, it's deemed unsafe for them to exchange jerseys after a game. What kind of, like, I'd like to think, and, and I think a lot of times you think professional athlete, you think, you know, like next level intelligence too, right? I think this is this is a prime example of how you can be really smart at business and maybe oblivious in other things, or you can be really smart at um, you know play calling, but maybe don't know how to get out of the rain. Because I I think and and a guy on the radio on my way in kind of said this, and and I'm not saying everything is this case, but sometimes I think people are are under the assumption you have to do something with every facet of everything. Or you're not being safe. I, I don't know that that's the, the, the case. If you're going to literally play 60 minutes plus, because with TV timeouts and different things, we're looking more close to an hour, hour and a half, two hours of, of just right close to everybody contact. But you're going to say you can't exchange jerseys. Is that not bizarre? Here's what's going to happen. They're going to exchange jerseys. It's just not going to be post game. They're going to throw that jersey in their bag. They're going to meet at the local wherever, and they're going to exchange jerseys. This is, you know, it's what's going to happen. And and here's the reason: because it's 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 more than ridiculous, not being able to exchange jerseys, but you can play for sixty minutes, and you don't have to wear a mask on the sideline. They're literally, I mean, I think it'd be so funny if like they had a manager out there just squishing 
uh, hand sanitizer on everybody every time in between every play, and then they'd back up and stand with the the back judge. I feel sorry for the individuals apparently we know that are going to be labeled. I mean, if you're not going to get in the game at all, it's going to be uh, shown to everyone by your attire. Yeah. I'm not important enough to uh, get in there on the very many plays, but here I am. I got a mask on. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I can send them some grind mask or something, and we'll we'll just we'll just get some pub out of those those bench players. That's kind of our level, right? You know, the one key thing about football, Wayno, is uh, don't be distracted. Uh, I hope they're not distracted trying to play football. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Being sarcastic here. I mean, the whole show is a monster distraction. But you had a good point. Um, if we're not doing something immediately and throwing it out there, we're falling behind, and we have to show this great mental capacity for decision-making that we've done all these weeks. But really interesting uh, seeing this long list in the protocol. What, what do you think about – what do you think about – all the stuff like I, I completely see benefit in the staggering the arrival times uh, of players from you know both teams arriving to I don't know what you gain from the home team staying in a hotel the night before I mean I guess it keeps you from being partying the night before but if are you going to test on game day because if not I can party Thursday I can party Friday night before the Saturday night that you're going to have me stay in a hotel and it's still I still have the virus. Yeah, there were some interesting uh, examples <laughs> of the protocol for meetings. Yeah, Jason Ward says, what happened to be, always being ready to go into the game? I, the, maybe they're going to have quick-release masks is all I'm going to say. Uh, maybe I, I th There's been several concepts of one being built into a helmet, and, and some of them are, are more you know predator versus alien than the other, but uh, some of them are – I mean, it's practical – it could be it could be associated with the chin strap. I've seen it; it works. But uh, I don't know, Jason. I like Boone said. I think you're going to really tell who the guy that's really supposed to be holding that clipboard the whole day is, because he's going to have him a mask on. The the meetings. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I mean, like like you said, I saw some things and I thought that's a really good idea. I like that. Um, well, and I think I think you've got to do your due diligence in sanitizing locker rooms and doing things like that. But what I'm saying is, is you can't play football six feet apart. You can't beat and bang. You, you know, there's a there's a distance you want to play if you're a defensive back, and it sure ain't six feet. And and here's the thing: if you can beat and bang on people for for sixty minutes or more, and, and then uh, feel like that you have to like once the clock hits zeros, like shun them and get six feet apart. I just don't think it works like that. It's not a it's not a five-second rule for coronavirus. I, so I, I think it's all going to be based around testing and confirmed cases. Like, how do you handle that? How you how you get to the game on game day, where you stay the night before, uh, whether you can change a jersey or not. I, I'll think these are these are minuscule and and pretty much irrelevant things that they've decided. But but again, uh, I think sometimes, and I'm I'm a I'm a big um, I'm a big probably one of the ones that that think this the most i'm like you're a professional athlete you've got to be smarter than that well they are smarter than that you ask them how to respond to you know to a cover two or you ask them what to do when the when the tight ends lined up off the ball they know exactly what to do in that but i'm pretty sure at a four-way stop some of them still scratching their head you know what i'm saying it's it's not a matter of uh uh total capacity 
what they're getting paid for is their football capacity. I predict we will not see a lot of flags, illegal use of hands. You don't think so? I don't know. I think I think those that are nasty is going to be nasty regardless. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. Hey, Wayno, did did you hear about Philip Rivers' question? I don't know. No, I didn't. Um, he plays for the Colts, and I almost uh, I've almost turned them to a uh, a mute franchise. Honestly, he threw out the question. He said, "If a player tests positive for COVID during the Super Bowl week, but it is asymptomatic." So that big, long, fancy word basically means he's not quite He doesn't have any symptoms. Showing he's got it. He went on to say, would he still be required to sit out and miss the entire Super Bowl? And I know you know what their answer was. Yes. Absolutely, yes. So here's here's the thing. Maybe you just go to Jimmy Johnson's doctor. Have you seen that? Jimmy, no. Jimmy Johnson self-quarantined last week uh, because his wife was exposed to, to coronavirus and then – uh, then subsequently he tested positive for coronavirus. So he missed Sunday's race. He, I think he got diagnosed or it was released that he was diagnosed on Friday. He missed Sunday's race. Tuesday he's cleared to race again. So he went from um, Friday to Tuesday? I mean, yeah. So I don't know if, A, he was asymptomatic and he was on the back end of the deal and it, he, you know, he did recover from, or... Or or <laughs> there's a there's a certain dollar figure that you can get on getting out of this Rona thing uh, already. But I'll tell you this: uh, he uh, he didn't miss much seat time, and uh, and he like I said, he tested positive. It wasn't I'm exposed, so I'm self quarantining to to keep the risk down. No, test positive, released on Friday. Uh, he's released to to race again because he's had two negative tests uh, by Tuesday the following week. Well, there's a there's a five day period, and you you get tested five days in a row, and then you must be deemed negative on two consecutive tests given in the twenty four hour period. So, uh, yeah, there could be some um, pain in the rear end deals facing this. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of it, and and I'm ex- I'm interested in seeing how how this spider webs out. And what I'm saying by that is is there's one thing to be a positive case, right? There's another thing uh, to be around that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like if the quarterback gets gets uh, gets coronavirus or what have you, well he's been in the huddle with all the starting linemen. He's been in the huddle with all the starting wide receivers. Who do you quarantine? Do you just pause for a couple weeks? Do you just put it on pause? And and I think, honestly, and we're going to talk about it more in this Big Ten discussion, SEC discussion, uh, I think that's what they're that's what they're after. They understand that, that you probably can't pick and choose realistically and effectively who gets to sit out and who doesn't. So I think it's one of those deals when you have cases, you shut it down for two weeks. When you have a ca- or well, you shut it down until for that window of time that you feel necessary. But, but what I'm saying is, is um, I think that's a, that's a big look forward. Is how uh, does this work out? I think you've got a lot of models out there that you can look at. The NHL is is about to kick off, and they've got a model that that limits travel. You've got the uh, the NASCAR setting that's just no fans, which you're in a car. Uh, you're you're probably not six feet apart from some people at some times. But you've got you know a few inches of metal in between you. So, um, and then 
uh, you know, as we crank up, I, I think we're going to see some models uh, out of out of Major League Baseball. What they've been able to do, uh, the 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 travel limitations they have, some protocols that they have. Uh, so I'm hoping that college football and the NFL uh, can kind of piggyback off of some of their their creativity because it looks like uh, the NFL's already hit struck strike one uh, when it comes to creativity. So it looks like six days, most definitely. And like you said, the entire offensive huddle gets this. Your five days of testing and your 24-hour period in addition. I mean, if, but the good thing is if they treat each other like you and Tony said that, that y'all did at Maryville College, y'all don't even like each other, offense and defense. So you can still roll the defense out there. There you go. You might have linebackers playing quarterback. What do we do if uh, in the middle of this uh, – I, I guess you roll out your second team if your entire first team gets infected and has to uh, wait the period. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a Russian roulette situation because your second team's who plays your first team opposite side in practice, right? It's it's a spider web that I'm not interested in getting into. <laughs> do like Lon was teaching us. You you got the imaginary person in front of you. You're shadow fighting them the whole time. Yeah, but Lon also talked about running through people and playing full speed all the time. So Lon, Lon, uh, I, I don't know that he'd be interested in in uh, in social distancing very much on the sideline. But man, uh, we've talked about that all week. What what an interview that was Monday. Uh, one of the legends just in the area. And honestly, if you look at what he's done for sports, I mean, not he's done a lot for sports in this area, and we've been blessed to have him. But uh, you talk about a guy who played in the service. He just didn't know how to do anything but win. He just he did it everywhere he went. So uh, again, great interview there. But but the NFL, like I said, creativity uh, was not their forte when they released this article. And whoever proofread it uh, didn't didn't have much to say either. No jersey swaps, six feet apart when you can, and picky choosy who can wear a mask on the sideline. But coaches and players not mandatory. I, th- I think the the best statement I've heard is there's way too many questions and not nearly enough answers feel like the pressure was out there the deadline hey we threw it out there Ooh, it made the headline in the paper we must be doing something but harebrained yes well here's the problem here's the problem nobody wants to be that guy that uh pushes the envelope and, and is wrong nobody wants to be that guy so uh or that lady for for that matter so what that that means is is everybody's going to be over anticipating everybody's going to be over preparing and the problem is is when you run out of things to prepare for you still try to prepare and you become you you come up with ideas like this no jersey swap after we've sweat all over each other for 60 minutes makes a lot of sense i think i could get paid to do that but anyway let's take a quick break listen to these fine sponsors when we come back big 10 plays conference only does the southeastern conference follow we'll be back in just a minute Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 
or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rule King is your source for livestock feed at the lowest prices every day. And now is excited to introduce the Country Road Advantage line of horse feed with five formulas, including a 12% pellet feed, 12% textured, complete horse, senior horse, and 14% all life stages. The Country Road Advantage starts at $12.99 for a 50-pound bag. Learn more at RuleKing.com or at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 
We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Friday edition. Boone, it's always good to be Friday. Like, Fridays are great. Like, I like Fridays. Do you like Fridays? Friday is the carrot dangling in front of my head day. Like, Fridays, like, I like Fridays more than I like TGI Fridays, which is pretty good. I'm a pretty big Fridays guy. But uh, next topic is the Big Ten says they're, they, they announced yesterday they're going to play conference only in 2020 in the fall. Uh, a little bit of a shock, I think, across the sports world because uh, I had heard rumblings that that was a discussion, but I heard this upcoming Monday was going to be the release day, and they dropped the bomb yesterday. Uh, I don't know what made them get ahead of this thing. You know, coronavirus has done a lot of things to a lot of people, uh, but uh, they pull the trigger. They get out there early and say Big Ten's uh, conference only. Well, um, what does that mean for, for for Power Five conferences that we're going to cross into the Big Ten to have a non-conference game? You know, I think all that stuff still has to be worked out. But, but Boone, what do you think about it? Just, just top surface, look down, Big Ten's playing conference only. Do you think that's a smart move for their conference? I mean, when I first uh, heard it, I'm, I'm thinking positive. Um simply because of the saving money on transportation. Like we talked earlier, if, if a lot of people get it, the fact you can contain it earlier, uh, it seems to make sense for logistical reasons. But again, like you, I, I was surprised they came out with it so quickly, but uh, you had other teams just say, hey, we're going to cancel the entire season of sports. Well, it was the Ivy League. They don't make any money off of it. Well, I don't want to say any. They just make limited money off of it. But I – I saw it as honestly, and, and a lot of people was like, I can't believe they. I thought you'd be on this side of the – I was like, it makes sense to me. You, you know, I understand that how much it impacts the smaller schools and the non-conference games and, and that side of things. But um, there is a time of self-preservation in this. Uh, and, and I think the Big Ten looks at it and says, listen, if we have, you know, two or three member schools that have it at the same time, well, let's go ahead and pause the whole conference, the whole season for a week and get this thing squared back up so that what what we put on the field has still got some quality to it. And I think you can only do that when it's contained within your conference. You know, the league office, if you're playing a lot of cross-divisional games, well, you say, oh, two member schools have it. Let's pause this week. Well, this team's playing a Pac-12 team. This team's playing a Southeastern Conference team. And this team's playing uh, a little FCS team. So you're going to cut all those three schools out too. So it's farther reaching the more you get out of a conference if you if you need to take a pause. You know what I'm saying? So I see it as a benefit from that side of things. Um, I do see the detriment to the to the FCS schools, FBS schools that they're playing in non-conference or any kind of, uh, you, you know, I, I think everybody wants to see a, uh, you, you know, a cross-power five matchup. I mean, you know, Tennessee's playing Oklahoma at this point, and it's still intact as of, as of July the 10th at 627 a.m., but... You know, 
is it worth is it worth not having football for? Is it worth looking at that for? And 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 coming out of yesterday, there was a lot of reports that the Southeastern Conference will meet Monday uh, in the league offices. There will be no WebEx. There will be no Zoom meeting uh, to get this done. The SEC commissioners, uh, or, or let me say athletic directors, will meet with the commissioner Monday uh, to see where the SEC wants to go with this thing. Because I, I think, you know, it's it's a it's a in a world where the options are uh, conference only or no football, conference only looks really good. You, would you agree? Unless you're Notre Dame. But I, I like what <laughs> I like what they did. What what would a team like Notre Dame do? That's a really good question. Well, the the ACC has stepped up, and they're basically going to help Notre Dame fill their. My understanding is everyone gets ten games, which I mean I like that. Which when Notre I, Dame plays? Notre Dame plays an ACC kind of schedule. They play five conference games in in AC. They're not eligible for the championship or whatever, but they're somewhat affiliated with the ACC. Yeah, the ACC is going to step in, and they're going to have 10 games just like the the others. But uh, So the Big Ten leads it, and uh, I've heard this rumor. Can you verify this? The ACC is, is going to uh, step up next, then the Pac-12 pretty quickly after this. See, I heard the Pac-12 was next, but, but I mean – I think at this rate, when we thought when, when the word was is that the Big Ten was going to be the first to announce Monday, and they've done ahead and jumped out there Thursday, I think all bets are off. Uh, you know, I think I think as much as today, you could see somebody else jump in there uh, because it, it's kind of that that scrambled egg. You know, you might not have planned to make a scrambled egg, but once that yolk popped, it's time to it's time to scramble it up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's what the Big Ten did is they scrambled that egg for us. They're they're still doing the trifecta. Uh, no, you do not have to even work out. We're, we're not going to violate your health, strong beliefs. You will not lose your scholarship. Um, Is Ohio State not like licking their chops though? Oh, I mean, look at them. Like they don't have to go out of conference. I mean, their their tough games are going to be what Penn State, supposedly Michigan. Well, how tough they are. You got to win one first. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh's yet to beat Ohio State, so. Uh, Penn State's a tough game for them. I mean, and there's, there's, you know, you can reach up and bite somebody every now and again, and and you've seen that in Minnesota shocking the world a couple, a uh, couple years ago, the whole nine. But I'm just sitting here saying, how do you like? I, I get going to a conference only schedule, but when you go to a conference only schedule, how do you grade against other conferences? Does that make sense, Boone? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is like at the end of the season, we've done, we've done in a in Power Five football, you've done conference only, okay? Which it also impacts the the group of five teams because you know a Memphis or or what have you, a good team that that may I'm trying to think who's those other UCF, UCF those those teams that that like to be in that conversation. If they've played conference only, their biggest win might have come from against the University of Charlotte or Houston. Whereas, you know, Alabama's biggest win might have come against, you know, Tennessee, Auburn, something like that. So the, the validation of uh, – and actually Alabama's got Georgia this year on the schedule too. So, uh, you, you know, the validation for a smaller school is almost obsolete. Once you go conference only, um, the smaller schools might as well get out of that con- champion uh, conversation. But here's my thing. If you go conference only, I think it's only fair – only fair at the end of the day that the highest ranking uh, college team 
would get a bye rate bye week and you play a five team playoff instead of a four team playoff and give the all five conferences champion an opportunity to be a national champion. It's also going to be interesting, I know, uh, the cream puff issue where you, you got your run all over them first game, run all over them second game, third game, you're like, well, we've already played. Uh, now it's time to play somebody tough. I wonder when they meet, these SEC guys. I was going to say, the Big Ten still has that. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think uh, Alabama, is there going to be a sense of, uh, I mean, everything's going to be decided on the spot. So do you think Alabama's still going to, have the perception of we're entitled because we're so so great and we deserve a teeny bit easy of a schedule. You know, I don't I don't know how much uh, you know I don't know how much they have that with Saban. I mean, I really think they they kind of have to play every game the way they want to. Uh, Jason Ward says, uh, could this conference only play set up maybe an eight or sixteen team playoff? Um, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the question. I, I mean, I think that's the only way that that you you allow the the opportunity for schools that are maybe out of the power five in that group of five and you you recognize conference champions i think it could get to an eight pretty quick i think you could have the five power five conferences and then you could have three at large that could be filled by the the group of five i.e mountain west uh conference usa et cetera et cetera et cetera aac uh those those guys so i think you could get to eight pretty quick now whether they'll be willing to do that because again You've limited travel by doing conference only just to in December and January uh, to probably have to go cross country. We just have to see uh, how you could set that up. Could you, uh, because of bowl season, the way that structures, could you go, um, you know, could you go on site, go to the location of the bowl game or what have you two weeks earlier and, and do some quarantine? I think all of that is on the table. But no, Jason, I think, I think absolutely things are on the table. Everything's on the table. I just hope football's on the table. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of things are going to be discussed in the coming weeks. And then, of course, once we get the season underway, I think there's going to have to be some audibles week to week uh, as this thing moves moves forward. But, but no, I, uh, I, I'm trying to look up Tennessee's schedule. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, if we go conference only, our opening game would be Florida. Maybe there's a good thing to that. <laughs> Maybe there's, there's some surprise there. Uh, what do you think, Moon? I, th- I think – uh, in the in the past, uh, it's, it's it's been timing that really hurts us with Florida. Um, when we've had the chance to iron the little buggy boos out and get that really tough team later on, other than the third week, we we've really uh, materialized some valuable things from that. I, I don't know if we just get a lot better at uh, film study or which player does best in which defense, but we've just. Uh, we we've struggled and like when Peyton played it, you know he we averaged twenty eight points a game, and the, the defense was giving up forty three points a game. So they go Peyton, you don't get the Heisman because your defense couldn't stop anybody. But uh, yeah, we've gotten better as we've gone along. Uh, I would I would love to see us play Florida at a different time than number three. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know that I'm interested in number one though. <laughs> No, I'm not sure about that, but no, it's a it's a true statement. I mean, remember in 2001, we we played them the last game of the season and won, and I and it's always been said since then, before then, and since then, uh, a later Florida game means a better Florida game for the Vols. But uh, but you know what? 
the uh, the Big Ten has, has jumped out there, got that going, and, and that conversation will, again, lead into the weekend. It will lead into next week, and, and quite frankly, until we get football on the field, it'll be a talking point until decisions are made. But Monday's the date for the Southeastern Conference to jump out there and see what's uh, what's going on, what's the what's the haps, and uh, and see what's gonna what's gonna transpire in the league that just means more, Boone. Um, did you see? Did you see over yesterday uh, that Vanderbilt? This is total sidebar right here. Uh, Vanderbilt is is gonna uh, change their athletic department. Did you see that? I read an article about Vanderbilt, but it was uh, no, it wasn't this particular. So, so my understanding is, and I caught it on the way home yesterday, and and honestly. I uh, just had a lot of things going on last night, so didn't get to, uh, you, you know, dig into it a whole lot. But my understanding is is uh, Vanderbilt Athletics uh, Department is going to basically dissolve and that the, the athletics are going to be ran by the the university, like their, their academic leaders. What do you think about that? So instead of the AD, is that what I'm hearing? Well, I mean, I think there'll be an athletic director. There may be a sports information director, but all the staff that's included, uh, it'll it'll have to go through academic leaders. It sounds like a lot more input. It looks uh, like they're eliminating their athletic communications department. Is this a money saving idea, or <laughs> it said Vanderbilt sent emails Monday to athletic communication department employees stating the department was being absorbed by the university and that some key positions were eliminated. Andy Boggs, a lifetime assistant director for athletic communications who oversaw men's basketball and golf, was let go as part of the new structure. He said, I've been at Vandy uh, for 13 years. He said it was a great place to be, work, coach, and I saw a lot of great student athletes. I loved working with the media every day. And he said, I'm sorry to have to leave under such circumstances. Uh, Before the end of the day, Monday, Boggs' Vanderbilt email was disconnected. His bio was taken off of the email or of the uh, the website assistant directive director for athletic creative media was also laid off longtime football and track uh, sports information director uh, larry leathers accepted a buyout back in june so uh i i think it draws the question and and i think this is a question every year when we when we really get into like looking across the schedule is vandy really a southeastern conference team Point blank and, and and honest, I love their academics. I think they're they're one of the the better uh, non Ivy League schools uh, from an academic standpoint. Uh, but when you're in the Southeastern Conference, there's a certain bit of things you have to level up to. And what this spells to me is is their lack of importance to academic academic or athletics. And, and their push for academics. And, and, and here's the thing. you got to have both. It's student-athlete, uh, student-first for a reason. But, I mean, when you're in a conference such as the Southeastern Conference and they cut you a $46 million TV deal check every year, it's a little hard to say, you know what, we're going to cut back the department and not look to enhance what you have. I've already heard that Vandy's one of the more uh, – less media friendly places in the southeastern conference do you know around wi-fi around you know accessibility to media da 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 i'm wondering if they're anticipating uh a loss in revenue because of all the 
situation going on for this particular season. <laughs> well, if they plan for the actual condition, it's not going to be a whole lot of loss because they only have about 1,500 fans there anyway. What about the lawsuit uh, they were having to overcome? You think that's a factor maybe? Well, <laughs> I would I would hate to say that it wasn't, but I would say that, uh, you know, you, you got to – that that's the the root cause of that one's a totally different dynamic though. But uh, anyway, um, well, I just I, I just wanted your opinion. Do you think that that sends a message that Vandy is maybe shorter lived for the Southeastern Conference than maybe we think? I would. And, and, what, go. and what do you think about that? What do you think? I've heard in recent years that Vandy has contacted the ACC about switching, and they weren't interested. But I've heard the other conferences that are that are options for Vandy are the Southern Conference, Conference USA, and the uh, the American Athletic Conference. Do you, do you? I guess kind of a twofold question. One, do you see Vandy getting out of the Southeastern Conference? One, first and foremost. And if you do, does Tennessee keep them on the schedule? Well, I'm tempted to look at tradition. I mean, it, it was so long it took us to even beat them. And a uh, certain famous coach was brought in here to do that. I think in today's times it's certainly possible the writing's on the wall. They're seeing they need to get out as far as being competitive in all the different sports. And, uh, yeah, so let me get this straight. Uh, they tried to go in. You said the ACC, and the ACC said, no, we're not interested. That's that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, they would uh, certainly be more competitive. I mean, you, you think see, of it. See, and the thing with me is you lose you lose Vandy basketball. And I feel like they're pretty good. You lose Vandy baseball. I mean, Tim Corbin, you talk about a, a dang a treasure. He's not going to stay at Vandy if they go to Conference USA. No pun intended. No no knock on that conference. But he wants to be where the where the good teams are, where the big boys are. And right now in baseball, it's Southeastern Conference. In football, that's the Southeastern Conference. And in basketball, arguably, uh, we're vying for number two in the in the conference, you know, supremacy in basketball. I would argue. Ah, oh, that baseball team, awesome. Big boy, the pitcher. We talked about so much. His dad was uh, one of our deep rocker. Yeah. Yeah, you look at you look at baseball and basketball. Of course, uh, they went so long with at least one three point shot. <laughs> I would. Uh, Hitting it in a game, but right. I would be that? surprised. Who broke that? Um, the Vialvo, the Vials. Yeah, Dovals, Dovals. Large orange. Anyway, <laughs> the large orange. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but boom, I, I think it's between the Big Ten going conference only. Vandy shutting down some communications departments in athletics. Uh, the world is on a, on its side right now. Uh, we don't know where, which way to go, and a lot of teams are are going ways that are somewhat questionable but you know what questionable makes it fun to talk about and that's what we do right here on the grind every day but hey we're going to take our last break of the day listen to these great sponsors when we come back 57 days until it's football time in tennessee who wore it who won in it and who were the champions in 1957 we'll talk it on the flip you're listening to the grind we'll be right back
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com 970-7132 Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts. We've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything the Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports.
and welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Friday edition. Boone, 57 days until it's football time in Tennessee, we hope, and we're going to talk about it. 57 days, a lot of great balls have worn 57. We, we've given uh, Coach Hersbrand a lot of a lot of time over the last few days as, as it was, again, a great show. If you, if you didn't listen to it, go back. Uh, click on our, our website, thegrindonsports.com. Click SoundCloud, find July the 6th, and enjoy. Just an hour and a half of just fun talk. And, uh, again, Coach Hersbrun, uh, a treasure in this area. But 57 uh, shows a lot of linebackers that uh, that, that Coach Hersbrun developed, had, and saw win big-time awards. Steve Kiner, Jamie Rotella, to be, to be exact. Linebacker Steve Kiner uh, was a great player that fits the tradition that Tennessee holds at linebacker. And while playing for the Volunteers, he developed a tradition of his own, domination on the football field. His junior and senior season took the nation by storm. He was named All-SEC and All-American in 68 and 69, making him Doug Dickey's first player to twice earn consensus recognition. Connor was SEC Defensive of the Player of the Year, uh, thanked in part to a Tennessee's 41-14 victory over Alabama. In 1969, the linebacker had five sacks, 11 tackles, five assisted, uh, four quarterback hurries, an interception, and a fumble forced. Uh, Connor was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1999. Steve Connor, he's a a man. The thing I really loved about him, Wayno, was like Lon told us a little bit about the, the, uh, the Jackson Massacre, his play had catapulted us to number three in the nation. And I had forgotten, but we had won seven games in a row because he could just flat out go sideline to sideline. And we had beat uh, Auburn, South Carolina at home. And then here's what was really impressive. This probably got us a teeny bit cocky is we had road wins against Alabama and Georgia. Now, you heard heard Coach talk about how that was somewhat of a misinterpretation, the, the Jackson massacre, the what you were talking about. Yes, that that he was more insinuating that the the reporter didn't know the difference, not that Archie was a mule, which made a lot of sense to me. Now, I thought he was just being cocky, but you know, either way, uh, what happened is what happened, right? Some people will take motivation any way they can get it. Either way, uh, but fifty seven didn't didn't cool off after after Steve Connor left. Jamie Rotella picked it up in seventy through seventy two. He became the sixth Tennessee linebacker to be an All-American in seven years in his senior season of 1972. But despite his name missing on the preseason predictions, nobody predicted the greatness of his tackling ability. After making 112 tackles as a sophomore, 111 as a junior, Rotella dominated the defensive side of his senior year and collected 190 tackles at linebacker, and he had 413 in his career, which was good enough to destroy the school record, uh, although it has since been broken. However, Rotella earned his total in just three years of varsity play. He topped the single-season Tennessee list of tackles, assisted uh, with 90 in 1972, and what those two guys have in common are they're both Buckkiss Award winners. Can you imagine the visitors we know? They watch Connor and they're like, oh, no. And then the first year of Rotella – 
They're like, how many years is Kiner going to be here? Because they had the same jersey number. Yeah, it's like the day after they play Kiner his senior year, they're like, all right, he's done. He's gone. And then, oh, no. Yeah, six straight years of that magical 57. You know, your boy here is kind of related to 57, don't you? Do what now? Your boy here has a connection to 57. Oh, why? I like Bel Air Chevrolets. Oh, okay. (laughs) We won't say anything about D.O.B., Oh, oh, you were, yeah, yeah. See, I was going to make a joke that you and Connor had the same birthday. but See, I beat you to it. It's a little closer, a little closer. Uh, all-time 57s, if you look at it, Alfred Thomas kicked it off in 1937 through 9. H.R. Prophet wore it in 45. James Martin hit it in 48. Andy Myers, 49 through 52. Dick Disba- Dick's- Disbrow, 1953. Steve Elsperman. 65 and 6. Steve Kiner, 67 through 9. Jamie Rotella, 70 through 72. Ron McCartney, not to be confused with Paul, 73 through 75. Terry Anderson, 77 and 8. Steve Davis, 79. Kurt Singer, 81 through 3. Daryl Smith, 84, 5 and 6. Not the one we know, Boone. Um, hey, we, <laughs> we, we can confuse him with Paul because 57 was when John Lennon and Paul McCartney first met in Liverpool, England. Just teenagers. If you didn't know that, you know it now. Brian Spivey, 89 through 92. Leland Taylor, 1994. Chris West, 96 and 7. Travis Colston, 99 and 2000. Ovince St. Pierre, 2002, 3 and 4. If you know that name, it's because he's in the MMA circuit now uh, as a a big-time fighter, has had some really good matches uh, and near championship level. Nick Guest, 2007. Gerald Williams, 08, 9 and 10. And Matt Crowder in 2011, your current 57 on the Vol squad is two different guys. Niles Gaddy, linebacker 6'4", 231, redshirt sophomore out of Nashville's father, Ryan High School, and David Lang, offensive lineman 6'2", uh, 322. He's a freshman out of Charlotte County Day High School uh, by way of Jaray J- Prep, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I probably mispronounced that. Mr. Hips would be able to help me. Uh, with what that school's name is. But uh, a lot of good 57s for the Vols. Hopefully these two guys right here can carry on that legacy that is uh, Steve Conner, Jamie Rotella, and Ovince St. Pierre. But uh, uh, Boone, 57 days until we hopefully see a little big orange action against the Charlotte 49ers. You know, uh, Elvis Presley bought some real estate in 1957. Was it Oceanfront in Arizona? No. Sorry. You're close. There's a chance. Um, it's uh, 37, 34. I completely got Boone, like, completely off the reservation there. If nobody caught that, like, he had something and I wrecked it. Yeah. It was 37, 34 Bellevue Boulevard. Did he buy Graceland? And if you can tell me how much, if you can get close. <laughs> I was going to say, well, it's I'll bring you a uh, half a dozen donuts. Half a dozen donuts. 57. Well, I mean, it was Graceland, and it was in Memphis. I'm going to say somewhere in the $100,000 window. Bingo. You nailed it. (laughs) On the money. Well, well, I mean, it is money. On the money. In the money, on the money. 1957 saw saw Hall of Famer Ricky Jackson uh, enter – or Ricky Jackson wore 57. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame in the class of 2010. He said, football's the reason for everything I've ever been able to have. He said, that's why it's so important to me. It's everything to me. In 15 NFL seasons out of Pittsburgh, 
The 6'2", 243-pounder was selected by the Saints in the second round, 51st overall player in 81, and made an immediate impact as a rookie. Uh, Six double-digit sack totals in his career, six Pro Bowls, all pro four different times, finished NFL career as the defensive end with the Niners, but he had 128 career sacks, and that does not include rookie total since sack did not become an official statistic until 1982. Out of Pahokee, Florida, Ricky Jackson. You remember him for the Saints? I really do. Good linebacker. Uh, Got your attention, solid popper. Good hitter. Solid popper. I like that one. That's that's my new thing. Hey, I'm going to catch you off guard here. Uh, Let's see. 57. Here's some lyrics. Baby, let me be your teddy bear. Okay. Put a chain around my neck and lead me anywhere. Which great artist sang that? Well, you already told me. He bought a house in Memphis. Elvis. That was his uh, one of his top hits. In uh, Jailhouse Rock, same year. Yeah, he was uh, he was doing a lot of things in '57. Yeah, yeah. Some things we'd be proud of, some things we wouldn't. But anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, the year 1957. Since we're going to jump there, American football, the NFL championship saw the Detroit Lions defeat the Cleveland Browns by a whopping 59 to 14 score, and the college football season 1957 saw Auburn as voted national champion by the AP poll don't play in a bowl game uh, due to sanctions so they uh, they a were a, tarnished yeah they were a corrupt champion was a hand caught in a cookie jar well i would say i'd say several if you if you're you can't play in a bowl game i would say several cookie jars were in, impacted uh if you talk about the the premier league real madrid beat feet i can't even say that they beat them 2 to 1 real madrid um or real madrid if you if you follow it on on the TV, uh, when you look at baseball, Jackie Robinson retires rather than move across town from for the Dodgers to the Giants, to whom he had been traded in December. So Jackie Robinson said, nope, not going to do it. Roy Seavers lead the American League with 42 home runs, 114 RBIs, and for the last place, Washington Senators. That is now the sitting uh, Washington Nationals. So, uh, again, a little history on your World Series champion. Uh, Warren Spawn of the Milwaukee Braves. There's a card in the WKVL studios of this guy. Won the Cy Young in 57. The World Series saw the Milwaukee Braves defeat the New York Yankees four games to three. And and really a a, a pretty good series, looks like. Yeah, it's just... How many games did you go to that year, bud? Uh, that would be a zero. <laughs> hey, this is both related to uh, John Majors. Tell me the number one draft pick in 57 and the NFL rookie of the year in 57. We only got like 30 seconds. I don't know, Boone. Paul Hornig and Jim Brown. Wow. And Johnny said uh, – And Paul Hornig was a was a halfback at that time, yep, right? right halfback. But uh, NCAA basketball saw North Carolina defeat Kansas 54-53. to Pretty tight championship there in the year 1957. And the NBA Finals saw Jason Ward's Boston Celtics defeat the St. Louis Hawks four games to three. Uh, I tell you, when you go late 50s, early 60s, it's Celtics and everybody else. Celtics were dominating at that time, weren't they? Yeah, that- our back was lighting that cigar with three minutes to go, and the opponents hated him. He was rubbing it in their face. But here's the thing. Everybody hates a winner at some time. 
And you know what? They just kept on doing it. But uh, don't don't miss Monday. We're going to come back. We're going to start with 54 days. And we're going to talk all the topics of the weekend. But you've listened to the Friday Grind. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you Monday.